Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to this very special episode of the Record Rangers podcast. Me, John McFarlane in Glasgow and Scott McDermott once again calling in from sunny Florida. Scott, you having a good time out there? Fantastic. So far, Johnny, yep. No complaints at all. Um, it was good to good to finally see a game of, game of football last night at the Orlando City Stadium, obviously. Rangers playing their first game in the in the Florida Cup and getting a getting a one 0 victory. So yeah, it was good to see a bit of football. Um, good to speak to Graham Murphy and a couple of players after the game. And now a uh, quick turnaround because uh, we've got another game another game tomorrow, which is uh, one o'clock US time. Uh, kind of Saturday afternoon that was six o'clock uh, six o'clock back there. So uh, looking forward to that one as well. Scott, I've got a couple of questions from fans on Twitter, so I'm going to hit you with them before we even start, because obviously some burning questions. So the first one is, do you have any idea why Joe Dodu didn't travel? I don't. I can only assume that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a surprising one, because even coming back from the loan at Charlton, where he's not played a lot of football at all, you would have thought that Graham Murphy would have thought, well, I'll put him on the plane get him over, we'll have a look at him. It's not as if he's he's not an established first-team player. Um, he's, not, he's not a young kid anymore, like a teenager or anything. So I would have thought he'd have wanted him uh, over here just to have a look at him, see how he's progressing. And he would have gave you, gave you another option, I suppose. I mean, there's a couple of... Rangers have brought a couple of kids over here, the likes of Serge Atakai that, 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 we seen, that we seen last night. So I can only assume... By by Joe Dodo staying in Glasgow, and I know he played in the development game uh, the other day, that, to me, says that Graham Murphy has pretty much already made up his mind on him, and he's not going to be part of the, of the first-team plans, um, which may well be the case, but it'd be a bit of a surprise, just because you'd have thought Murphy kind of fresh in the job, he's brought back Halliday and O'Halloran, uh, you'd have thought he'd have wanted to have a wee look, a wee look at Dodo just to see see if there's anything he can bring to the to the party for the second half of the season. Perhaps Dodo was in the development squads under Murty um, occasionally because he didn't spend a, l- a lot of time in the first no. team squad. Occasionally he dropped down, so perhaps that's what it is. Next, that was from Matt McGilvery. Thanks for that, Matt. Uh, the next one's from at Rangers Bants. Any noises coming out that Rangers are interested in Greg Doherty? He's a talented young player. Scotland under twenty one international. Um has obviously played well for Hamilton and actually against Rangers has has played particularly well. I, I was at the the defeat uh, at Ibrooks uh, when Hamilton went there and won and Doherty was uh, Doherty was terrific that day. Uh, I think if my memory serves me right, it was his brilliant late run that set up uh, That's set right. up Darren Darren Lyons goal at the end. So um no, I, I like Doherty. I like him uh, as a as a guy as well as a player because he's got a really mature, 
head on his shoulders, really kind of a consummate professional. Mm. I think it'd be a good signing for Rangers if they could get him in um, and for a relatively cheap uh, cheap price. My, my big doubt over it would be, I mean, Rangers have now been linked to Kevin McDonald, Scott Arfield, Greg Doherty, all midfielders, uh, all pretty much holding midfielders as well, um, maybe excluding uh, excluding Lafferty and uh, maybe excluding Arfield, sorry. Um, and I just wonder, I mean, how many Rangers, mid, how many midfielders Rangers can get on the can get on the books? I mean, when you consider they've now got uh, Sean Goss, Ryan Jack, Andy Halliday, Jason Holt, Graham Dorans to come back, Ross McCrory to come back. I mean, that's a lot of a lot of midfielders. Even Jordan Rossiter. I mean, God knows when when he might come back into the. Maybe it's confirmation that Marty is going to stick with his diamonds because in the diamond you need four central midfielders. Well, I, I would have thought it was more confirmation, Johnny, that he was maybe going to stick with this four-two-three-one. I mean, I, I made a a comment on the records website last night that. Um, the fact that Murty played with the four-two-three-one last night in both halves, when it was an opportunity to try different systems and different formations, I, in my mind, I think he's pretty much settled on that formation now. Um, I think it'll be four-two-three-one from here, um, and in that system, you need two very good holding midfield players, and that's why I think he'll be quite happy that. When he gets everyone fit, he'll have McCrory, McCrory, Jack, and Goss would be the main, the main kind of three, and that's why I'm, I'd be surprised if he wanted to bring in a fourth, and that would mean the likes of Jason Holt, Graham Dorans, um, Windass, Cranchar, and all these kind of people. If they were playing in that system, then they would they would play in the the kind of advanced role, no closer to the closer to the striker. Um, so I, I think he's getting off midfielders at the moment, granted a couple of them are injured, but I'm not ruling it out, but I'd be surprised if that was an area that he's that he's still thinking about trying to trying to strengthen before the window shuts. Scott, this one might make you break out in cold sweats after uh, I read your column about this. Uh, any update on Ross McCrory? I know it was causing you <laughs> some problems. Well, rather worryingly for us, mate, it's no, no great for journalists, but, but Graham Murty... Uh, has kind of adopted this policy of just refusing to tell us any sort of timescale for, for how long injured players are going to be out for. He claims that it's because in his own mind he doesn't like to put pressure on players, he doesn't like to give them a deadline and say, no, they'll be back then. But certainly from our point of view, it would help if he at least gave us an indication, no, is it going to be three weeks or three months? Do you know, there's a big, there's a big difference. Um, but certainly, it, he's told us that both uh, McCrory, Ryan Jack, and Bruno Alves, who, who's still in Portugal, um, will all be assessed when they go back or when they get back to Glasgow. Um, we asked if Ryan Jack and McCrory, in particular, would miss the the Fraserburgh game and the Scottish Cup, which was obviously the next game. And again, he didn't want to be uh, didn't want to be drawn on that. He didn't want to put any sort of time scale on it. Um, my own personal opinion is I think Ryan Jack will probably be back sooner because I think he's still nursing the, the bad one he got against Motherwell at Ibrox. Um, but I expect him to be back pretty soon. 
I'm slightly worried that, that the McCrory one uh, is a bit more is a bit more serious, and it'll be interesting to see uh, just how many weeks he's going to he's going to miss. Because that would be a massive loss with the way he's been playing. Um, it that's would, it would, but but I think no. The flip side is, I know it was only forty five minutes against uh, in a friendly last night, but I thought Sean Goss looked excellent. Obviously, a different type of player to McCrory. He's not as aggressive and. He doesn't like a tackle as much. He's maybe not not as defensive. But um, if McCrory is out, um, at least having Goss arriving, you no, know, it gives gives Rangers another body in there, and they certainly look uh, look pretty impressive last night. For people that maybe haven't seen the game, who yeah. would you say Goss is akin to as a player? Because obviously, it was the stuff about Michael Carrick. Yeah, he is. There's no getting away from that, Johnny. I mean, I'm I'm no for a minute saying. Sean Goss is as good or will be as good as Michael Carrick, but watching him for 45 minutes, there's no getting away from the fact that's who he looks like you know, when he plays and clearly is kind of trying to model his, his game on Carrick, having kind of grown up um, alongside, not alongside Carrick, but Carrick was in the Man United squad, obviously, when Goss mm-hmm. was there as a Goss was there as a kid, but he's got that same, he's got the same kind of strategy, uh, Stature, that same kind of gait, you know, the way he plays, albeit with his left foot, uh, which is different to, to Carrick, but that range of passing, dropping off deep, collecting the ball for the centre backs, you know, can drive forward, uh, long passes, short passes, just you no know, wants to dictate the tempo, di- dictate the game. And as I say, watching him for the first time last night, there's no doubt. Um, that that's who he models his his game on, and it was it was very similar watching him. Okay, thanks for that question from Tresca One Hundred and One. Okay, we've got one from Kevin Miller. What areas of the team does the boss want to strengthen, and what formation is he favouring going forward? Well, we've kind of addressed the formation one, but if we just focus on the areas of the team, because you've talked about maybe midfield that isn't where you think you'll you'll strengthen. So. Where do you think they're going to focus now, um, Marty and Mark Allen? It's interesting. I mean, he says he said him and Mark Allen have got a couple of a couple of areas that they still want to strengthen. Strengthen. So it's anyone's guess. I suppose it will it will depend on who goes out. Johnny, I don't think Rangers. Well, with the size of squad they've got now, I don't think they'll just go and buy uh, or get guys in willy nilly between now and the end of the. The end of the window. Um, I mean, for an example, if Bruno Alves was to go, there's a, there's a bit of chat about that, uh, or if Fabio Cardozo was to go, because um, he's not been part of the part of the plans recently, then I think he would probably look at trying to get another centre back in. I know young boy David Bates has come in and did well. Danny Wilson's come back into the fold and did pretty well. But I think if Alves or Cardozo or even both were to leave the club. He would certainly look at trying to get a try to get a centre back in. What about strikers, Scott? I've got a question here about Stephen Naismith, and obviously back here there's been a bit of speculation linking Naismith to Hearts, yeah. which would obviously be an incredible signing for them. But a lot of comment on social media saying, "What are we doing from Rangers fans?" Because obviously, if he is available and if Hearts can afford him, then you would have to think that Rangers could too. Yeah, I mean, I think I've said before that if Stephen Naismith is available and it, it's, it appears that he is and that he would like or he's open to a return to Rangers then it should really be a no-brainer if the, if it's doable and the, the money's right 
um, for the club and the player, then I think Rangers should be getting Stephen Naismith because, as you say, he's a far better option than someone like Eduardo Herrera, for instance. Um, I mean, I, I was talking to one Rangers fan recently and they just thought, no, with Kenny Miller, no, maybe on the way out, Naismith would almost be like a, a perfect replacement for Miller just in terms of what he brings to the team, what he brings to the squad, that experience, um, you know, that kind of same desire, you know, playing in every, you know, that, that same desire for every game, doesn't matter, doesn't matter what level it's at. You know, Naismith might be seen as a, as a good replacement for, for Kenny Miller. And I tend to agree with that. As I say, I think it would be a, if he's available, I would have thought it would be a no-brainer. Um, I'd be amazed if Graham Murty no, wasn't aware of the situation. Um, but we don't know, does Graham Murty fancy him? Does Mark Allen fancy him? Do they think maybe Stephen Naismith's getting to the point in his career where he's maybe um, at the kind of wrong wrong age scale, if you like? So we're not sure. I mean, Graham Murty's refusing to be drawn. No, we've put all these names to him. He's refusing to be drawn on individual players who, who are at other clubs. Um, Naismith must be on the, on the radar, but that's not to say that they've got an interest in him. And I think... No, I think if Hearts were to get them, it'd, it'd not only be a terrific signing for them, but it could backfire on Rangers. I mean, if Naismith was to really hit it off there uh, while, while others struggled at Rangers like Herrera, then I think a few of the punters would be asking why why Rangers weren't in for him. Scott, you, you did a video last night that was on the live blog and you looked a very relaxed man. <laughs> You've got a wee bit of a tan, you look like you're having a good time. We're in the sunshine state. No, we're watching we're watching football. It's it's the winter break. Why why would I not look uh, why would I not, not look relaxed? Um you're lucky beep. <laughs> but the question I wanted to ask you was about the, the general feeling of the stadium over there, the atmosphere, how much money's getting pumped into the this competition, the Florida Cup, and how it's being marketed. Because looking at some of the photos, you know, with the SpongeBob SquarePants characters, it seems that they've got a bit of razzmatazz going on there. What's your general impression? Yeah, listen, it's a, it's very much a friendly tournament. There's no getting away for that. I mean, I think it's in its infancy. I think maybe it's only, still only its fourth year, uh, its fourth year running. They've certainly got big sponsors. I mean, we, we were at the kind of launch press conference the other day um, I mean the, the CEO from Universal Studios here in Florida was there to kind of to open it up um, they're one of the major sponsors Adidas is another major sponsor um, there's some big teams here like PSV Eindhoven uh, Corinthians for Brazil obviously Rangers will play tomorrow uh, a lot of the ex-players they've managed to get some ex-players from these these sides Rud van Nistelrooy was there Um no, to name but one. So, listen, I, th I think they're trying to. I think the organisers of the Florida Cup are trying to make it a big, trying to make it a big thing. They probably see, or they probably hope that in, you know, kind of five to ten years' time, that it's a real, a kind of regular fixture on the calendar, and they'll get big, big clubs from all over Europe and South America coming to it. Uh, the stadium last night, Orlando City Stadium, was absolutely terrific. I mean, they're obviously an established. MLS club now. Uh, Kaka was their big marquee player before he retired. Uh, before he retired recently, um, but the stadium is excellent. Facilities, uh, 
know, absolutely top notch. The surface was fantastic. Interestingly, behind the goal, the where the Rangers fans, uh, travelling Rangers fans, were situated, it was a safe standing area. They've got one uh, <clears throat> kind of one area behind the goal is, is safe standing, similar to what Celtic have got, obviously back back home. Um, listen, we were told there was going to be six thousand at the game last night. No, they said they'd sold six thousand tickets. Personally, I don't think it was it was anywhere near that. I think it was maybe three or four uh, tops. But there was a small section of Minero fans, a larger uh, crowd of Rangers fans who made a decent a decent atmosphere. You're right, there was a wee bit of razzmatazz in that at half-time. Um, as I say, the organisers, the Americans, they're obviously treating it as a big, a big thing. But it was very much a friendly. The first half in particular... Um, with a bit of humidity as well, it was played at a pretty, a pretty slow pace. But credit to Rangers, they actually uh, injected the, the, the team who played in the second half injected a bit, of, a bit of intensity into it um, and really kind of upped their game in the second half and probably, probably just, uh, just deserved to win. Well, that brings us on to perhaps the big talking point of the game, which was Dalcio. <laughs> <laughs> what did you make of his performance? What, what can you say? <laughs> there's no, there's no point, Johnny, sitting slagging, slagging the guy off. I mean, he's a young, he's a young man. I think he's only, I think he's still only twenty one. Um, but clearly, from what we've seen earlier on in the season, uh, back home, he played in the the Progress Niedercom, the disastrous Progress Niedercom games in the Europa League. Um, and then he didn't play again uh, until I think Hamilton away in September when he came on as a a very late sub. Um, we were all stunned to see him in the starting lineup last night, and even more surprised when uh, when Murty tried him out at left back. Uh, he's obviously kind of made his made his name so far as a as a left winger, but without being unkind to him, he toiled at left back the way the way a winger playing at full back for the first time probably would. Um, he had two glaring mistakes which allowed Atletico. Uh, two guilt-edged chances. The first one hit the post, and the second one, Jack Anik managed to save we, save we's legs. Um, he keep the score, keep the score at nil-nil. Um, listen, he's not going to cut it at Rangers if they can get him somehow get him back to Benfica and cut this loan spell short. It would get somebody off the wage bill, um, get another body out the door, which might create create a bit of room for for someone else, but. You have to say, and I take no pleasure in saying it, that I mean, along with Pena, uh, if you take Pena and Alcio, um, just two horrific signings from from Pedro Cachinha in terms of what they've what they've contributed, um, and to think when they arrived at the start of the Cachinha reign, people expected big things from them. I mean, Pena more so, but Alcio as well, coming on loan for Benfica. Starting that first game at Ibrox against Progress, you know the number seven shot. People people expected big things, but he's he looks absolutely miles miles off the standard uh, the standard that Rangers require. Well, talking of loan deals cut short, we had Andy Halliday and Michael O'Halloran taking part. What's the general sense of how they've fitted back into the camp? I know you were speaking to Halliday the other day, and how did you think they performed yesterday? Well, I mean, Andy Halliday's 
just came back and, and fitted fitted like a glove again into the into the whole setup. I mean, he's just so so delighted to be back. Everyone knows how big a how big a Rangers fan he is. He had a horrible time uh, in Azerbaijan at, at, at Gabala, um, where he was probably sitting watching Rangers performances and results on TV, just wishing that he was back. Uh, back in Scotland, trying to help, trying to help his team. Uh, I think him and Michael Halloran have slotted in, no problem. Um, and I think I said last night that you no, know, those two coming back into the fold can only be a positive for Rangers, even if they're not first team regulars for the start of this uh, for the second half of the season, which I don't expect them to be. There is, I think, they're established Scottish Premiership performers. No, Halloran's shown what he can do at, at St Johnson. Um, no, when he went there and loan. Halliday, no, his sheer desire, determination. No, just the fact that he's such a uh, such a huge fan of the club. It means so much to him. He's going to bring you something, even when he's not playing. No, even if it's just in the dressing room. Um, so I think it's it was the right thing to do for Murphy to get to get both of them back. And in terms of actually playing last night, I genuinely thought the two of them came on and gave Rangers a wee bit extra, along with along with Josh Windass and Daniel Candias, the four of them who came on at half time, just injected that bit of intensity, a bit of edge to them, and the, especially in the attacking third, um, in terms of Candias. Windass and O'Halloran, um, they were like that, that kind of three behind uh, behind Herrera. And Halliday, you just feel, even though it was a friendly, he had the captain's armband on, uh, it just looked as if he had a point to prove. You no, know, he was he was snapping into challenges. He was trying to dictate the you no know, dictate Rangers play. I actually watched them as they came out for the second half. You no, know, but when they were waiting to kick off, I was watching Halliday and he was going round two or three of the Rangers players just kind of you know, almost geeing them up the, the way you do for a, you know, if it was a big game like a, like a cup final or something here it was just a just a friendly over here so he'll be absolutely determined uh, to grab this second chance because he must have felt when Kashinya sent him away that his he's time at Rangers you know, having worked so hard and waited so long to get his, get his chance at Rangers he must have felt his time his time might be up and if Kashinya had been successful, Andy Halliday's time at Rangers probably would have been up. Um, but he's got another opportunity. I think he'll be eager to, to grab it. And as I say, I thought last night when he came on, he definitely, definitely offered Rangers something. And I think he will do for the second half of the season. How's the general mood in the camp, Scott? You think it's been a good overall decision to come to Florida for Rangers? I, th- I think so. I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. Graham <coughs> Murty joke. To be honest, after the game last night, that the you no know, spirits had been so high that he had, uh, I think the players had, had caught him out and tipped a tipped a bucket of ice water over him at, at some point, uh, which uh, he found quite quite amusing. So I think Jimmy Nichols added a bit to it. Um, I mean, just the mention of his name last night, he'd settled in, uh, made made Murty kind of uh, burst out laughing. So. I think they've added wee bits, um, and yeah, I mean the, the spirit in the camp seems seems fine. I mean, I think uh, I think that's what Murty that's what Murty wants. That's what he's going to try and build his Rangers team around. He's he's got well, he's effectively got six months a six month kind of job 
job interview, if you like, or job addition. So, and I think he's going to try and build it on on team spirit. We saw it. I've seen it in games at, at Pataudry, Easter Road, Celtic Park. You know that kind of gritty determination. Everyone sticking together, fighting for each other, fighting for the cause. He's going to try and build on that. That's going to be his base, and then he'll just hope that if he can get a bit of flair in the, the attacking third, no, the likes of Windass, Jamie Murphy, um, Morelos, people like that, then Rangers will get. He'll hope that Rangers get results that can see them see them progress up the table in the second half of the campaign. And before I let you go, Scott, Corinthians on Saturday, yeah. do you get a sense that that's going to be a more serious game for Rangers in terms of their starting lineup, in terms of how they approach the game, the number of substitutions? I do. I mean, I might be wrong, but that it was certainly my feeling last night. I just wondered, obviously there were, there were reports before, uh, before Rangers came out here that Atletico Mineiro were going to play uh, a really young side, a lot of kids. In the t- no, I don't, I don't think it was quite. I mean, it wasn't a team full of full of teenagers, uh, even though it was a young a young side. But I think Graham Murphy would have had it in his mind right first game. Um, I think he sold it to the players as I'll just you no know, give these a forty five minute inte- treat it as an intense workout. So all the players knew one team were playing first half and another team were playing second half. I think it would make sense. And I'm no coach or no fitness guru by any stretch, but I think it would make sense from a footballing point of view before they go back, before they get into this uh, Scottish Cup tie up in Fraserburgh, um, it might might make a bit of sense just to go with a strong starting eleven. I expect Corinthians to be better than than Minero. Um so I think he might go with a stronger starting eleven. And you're right, I think he'll maybe give them fifty five to an hour. And then he'll make a few a few changes and, and tinker with it and give give guys some more some more game time. What's what what's in store for you, Scott? Then I take it you're at the game tomorrow, and then you, are you back on the on the plane the following day, or how's it work? Yeah, we've as I say, we spoke to a couple of players last night. Um, we, we spoke to Nico Crancher and Fabio Cardozo. Um, the good Fabio Cardozo interview should be in the the, the Sunday Mail. Uh, Sunday meal with us Sunday. It was really interesting just talking about his his future and how, how difficult a time it's been for him, obviously, after picking up the injury, uh, the broken nose against Motherwell. Uh, so that was quite interesting. So uh, we need to get those those articles uh, written up ahead of the game tomorrow. As I say, it's a one o'clock afternoon kickoff. Um, and then that'll be us. It'll be our last night in, last night in Orlando before we fly home. Uh, we leave here on Sunday. Uh, Sunday night, which is a bit later than, than the Rangers team, that they'll leave uh, after, immediately after the game, basically, tomorrow. Um, but we don't fly home to Sunday, arrive back in, uh, arrive back into Glasgow on Monday, and then it'll be gearing up for the for the Scottish Cup ties at the weekend. The question that every Scotsman must ask another Scotsman when they've been away somewhere abroad, <laughs> how much is the price of a pint? Um, hotel prices are not good. Uh, I can I can definitely say that. But when we have ventured uh, ventured out, we have found a couple of a couple of nice wee spots where, yeah, I mean you you can get a you can get a beer over here for for three or four dollars. Well, that's um, not too bad, geez, oh. which, which is pretty good. And I'm sure you'll know. Um, aside from the aside from the refreshments, I mean the food over here. Is, uh, is is incredible. Um, My body's a temple, mate. I don't. Oh, I don't get involved with any of that. 
as I've said to you earlier, I mean the the grub that was on uh, that was on the menu last night at the stadium. I mean, we consider again it's a friendly. There wasn't that many press there. Uh, it was the Scottish boys, obviously, a few, a couple of Americans and a few a few Brazilians. Um, but the the spread they put on was was terrific. Um, so I can get categorically say the diet the diet starts on Monday, Johnny. <laughs> okay Scott thanks very much for joining me that's it from us on the Record Rangers podcast we'll be back next midweek with all the latest news from Ibrox, Auckland, Howie and beyond if you like the podcast please subscribe on iTunes or Audio Boom and thanks for listening